it's another episode of out of character and we will be dis discussing the quarantine so yeah we're living in strange times right now and this episode is gonna talk about that a bit and today i have soup in the discord he is soup he is the creator of Nazaria, which is a D&D 5th edition actual play, kind of also scripted, but really actual play podcast, which very entertaining, wonderful characters, lots of depth. And if you haven't been listening, you should be. And then we also have RC in the Discord. He is RC, but you know, uh, some people know him as Cotton. He is from the Without of Net Shadowrun saga, where he played RC, the rigor and betrayer of friends. So welcome. Good to be here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, I object. <laughs> you keep spreading this everywhere. <laughs> That's why I'm on the podcast, The Betrayer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great title. Like the villain in the Spawn comic. Betrayer of friends. The Betrayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we'll, we'll refer to Soup as Soup, sometimes Anthony. RC, we will call RC or Cotton. But most likely cotton because I, uh, you know, RC's dead to me. So, <laughs> so how are you guys doing during these this this quarantine time? How long have each of you been quarantined? What's happening in your life that you're willing to talk about? We'll go to cotton first. I've had the uh, the privilege of being able to work remotely, just the way my job is. I'm a truck dispatcher, and they've got us all set up it's a thing they've done before in the past for people who'd moved away and were you know like vital to the you know continuation of the firm so i don't think i'm that way but you know in the event they got us all set up so i'm working remotely and that's been going on for about three-ish weeks i would say about on, on the end of week three and so beyond that time is sort of running together <laughs> i'm not you know it's kind of like what, what which day is it that kind of deal mm -hmm. um as far yeah I've, I've just been trying not to go crazy so i i, I work I plug into my. I try, I try to look presentable from like the chest up on my clock in picture on my phone because the tech we have now. I like clock in and it takes a picture of me. And I, I do have a game. I have a real life D and D game. I've had to transition that to Roll Twenty. We had our we had our first game of doing that of playing a Roll Twenty of playing an online game that was real life. Did that this past uh, Saturday. All right, we're gonna talk more about people that are now forced to to do that. And then Anthony, what's how long have you been quarantined and and What's changed? What's different with you? I have a hands-on job, and I've been quarantined for about two weeks. I was at work, and I was like, <clears throat> oh, man, I feel a little bad. And they wrapped me in cellophane, threw me in the trunk of the car, and dropped me off home. <laughs> and I uh, haven't seen any of them in two weeks. Wow. All right. So relatively short, Cotton, you said about your ending your third week. I have been quarantined. I work from home. My company decided the second week of March that we were instituting forced remote. And so I've been work from home for almost two months now. So yeah. you don't have any clothes on at all, but like a blanket. Like that's just, <laughs> you're just completely devolved no, as a person. No, no, I do. You know? I do. No, but at, like, so you have to look presentable from the waist up for your, you know, clock in picture. We don't have that. We're just, we're on, that's it. And, and we're told, hey, you're going to have meetings via Zoom which we'll, we'll talk about Zoom. So I have to look presentable from the waist up. So it's, you know, pajama bottoms, sweatpants. If I know I'm going to go outside that day to the store or something, I'll put jeans on. But yeah, you kind of let yourself go because nobody sees you anyway. 
Well, nobody sees me. I'm I'm utterly alone. I'm the only person in this apartment. Cotton, you have a, a wife. Soup, you have other people who live with you in the home. Indeed. That is true. That is true. I still devolved to the point where I've painted a face on a volleyball. But <laughs> <laughs> you got your volleyball level. <laughs> so it's so it is a different my my quarantine experience is much different from the two of you. You have people in the home. I'm I'm you know, I'm alone, so boo-hoo me. But I was talking to somebody the other day who was saying, yeah, I have a husband in the home. I have kids in the home and I never get any fucking time alone and it's awful and I'm going crazy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have anybody in the home. It's awful. I'm going fucking crazy. <laughs> so, so I don't know, babysit. You could, you could like, oh, that, that violates the whole point of a quarantine. I think I'm, I think I'm like, here's the way to solve the problems of a quarantine. Just hang out together. It makes it a lot oh, easier yes. to deal with. You want to know how you handle a quarantine, disregard it and just go hang out with people. Um, no, exactly. That's not the point. So it's it's very different. And so and then I've talked to other people who say this isn't impacting them at all. They go to school. They go to school online. They play video games online. They hang out at home all the time anyway. This is status quo for them. That's depressing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Man, I pity those people. Oh, my God. That's. Just no. complete life of distilled sadness. Uh, anyway, uh, like <laughs> they're happy though. To them, this is great. There is no social pressure to go out and hang with people. That pressure's been removed from them. They have a better existence now. Nobody looks at them funny when they say they just spend all their time at home. That's the I mean, new that's norm. Some, that's some sil- <laughs> that's some silver lining that you are right. <laughs> so you gotta find it. A buddy of mine. He was always a bit more on the recluse side, you know, not completely Mm -hmm. antisocial, but a bit more recluse. This last year at college, he's decided, oh, I'm going to go start going out and doing stuff. And he got a girlfriend and a bunch of friends. His car broke down and then the quarantine hit. And he was telling me, he's like, dude, I don't even know if my girlfriend's real anymore. I haven't seen her in three weeks. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's a very weird time. We're all experiencing this in very different ways. And I think many people think that, you know, I'm just like everybody else or they go the complete opposite. Nobody else is having this experience like me. But there are people, I think, that are having the same experience that you are having. I guess I'm having a pretty good experience. I mean, I hate to, I hate to, you know what, since we're finding the silver lining. Well, you're with uh, your lovely wife. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. My, I'm, I have, I work remotely. You know the the my my very stressful job. Now the people who annoy me have to actually like pick up a phone or email me, <laughs> and they can't hear me be mad at them from you know three feet away through a, a shitty cubicle wall. I hear the birds chirping, and I can just get up and go, you know, get something to eat. You know, I'm here. I'm, I'm at my house. I do my job, and when I'm free, I fire up YouTube videos. It's great. This is this is working really well for me. You know, so. <laughs> The life of Riley for you. This is for, wonderful. Yeah, this is great. You know, I, I, I have to be at work at seven, so that means I have to be out of bed by, you know, 640. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. There's no commute. You're sitting, you know, it's just, it's wonderful. It's the life of Riley. This is fantastic. But Psychotron says his, you know, his biggest complaint is he sits at the airport alone for hours. He still has to go to work, but it just sits there. There's nobody there. So it's, it's oh god so he though. can't goof off he just has to sit there yeah. and stare at the oh that's that's a tough i mean I, I would i would be trying to see if like my boss would let me have you know uh, a ds or some kind of thing or, or something you know or play the hell out of my smartphone 
I call it a smartphone because I'm old. Otherwise, it's just a phone. So I'm just going <laughs> to... Oh, my... Someone call me a taxometer cabriolet so I can get to the airport. <laughs> so, and, and you've touched on it, Cotton, with the whole when I have time, I'll fire up the YouTube games and whatnot. So we have more time. Anthony, you, you've just been quarantined from work for two weeks. What do you do with to fill the time? You have an abundance of time. You're working on a podcast. This is where I start to sound like the bad guy. I haven't edited more than three minutes the whole two weeks I've been here. So your productivity, now that you have all this time, which is something we lament. I never have any time. I don't have any time. You have all this time, but your productivity didn't increase. It went down. Yep. Why is that? I don't know. I just couldn't get motivated to do it. I'd get like a few minutes done and I'd be like, oh, mm, and like it's one episode is all that I have the materials to make right now because one of my voice mm -hmm. actors who borrows my microphone is quarantined. Oh, so I've got one more episode I can make until we're either going to have to take another hiatus or he's going to have to buy himself a microphone. And it's been like, you know, oh, man, this is oh, well, now that I now that I don't have anything to, you know, else to do, I might as well do something else. Mm -hmm. And what have you been doing then? working on a separate project mostly uh, okay and you don't want to talk about it anymore or <laughs> uh, yeah, real mysterious i don't want to get people hyped up but it's a project i've been working on for a little while it's a mystery hmm. using the call of cthulhu rules okay i'm a fan all of the people who i have got involved in this are voice actors by choice if that makes sense they're not like the cast in Azaria is just the people who decided to play it. And then I was like, hey, let's make an audio drama. These are these are the ones who were like, hey, I want to be a voice actor. And I'm like, okay, I'll okay. give you something. And it's 1963 Southern Gothic horror with uh, some mild mystic elements. But that's about as much as I want to expunge right now. My goodness. I'm super excited. Will this also need to be edited via scripts or anything? No, no. I'm Damn gone. it! So hold on. I have a question. I have, oh, I have a... Oh, sorry. Yes, you, meant you want me to no. cut this out. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I, I meant, do I get to read some scripts? Yes, you can. Yes, Yay! You can. All right. Okay, um, good. <laughs> I was trying to not expunge plot details because Psychotron's no, one no. of the characters. No. Oh, I, no, I get that. I understand what you're saying there. I just wanted to make sure, like, am I going to get to see some of this uh, project? Because you have really, you've really kind of, uh, you've, you've gotten my interest sir and i i need to know more so this this is exciting i was working with one of my voice actors on a uh, uh how do i say this one of our voice actors computer melted and he was we were doing a spin-off in Nazaria, and he was like you do a lot of horror elements and so i just said screw it and uh made a horror story so so you you're, you're not productive in the one thing but you have been productive in something creative wise yes for this two weeks so that's good and then Cotton, you're you're working, so you don't have as much free time. But you do because you you don't have you don't have a commute. You oh, I have tons of free time, and I'm I'm trying the best I can to. What are you, uh, using? you know, What are you doing? Are you just going down a YouTube rabbit hole? Is that what you're doing? Is There's been some YouTube your rabbit hole for the most part. Like <laughs> I do I do try to keep trying to work out some, and trying not to eat the entire house, which is easier when I'm at work as opposed to here with my you know pantry of deliciousness. 
but uh <laughs> you know I'm, i but beyond that yeah i mean i, I do my job mm -hmm. okay and you aren't involved in any podcast currently no i am not although i do have a question about hmm. uh about about the southern gothic one right <laughs> what's that so are any of your actors from you know the american south two of them are from the american south one of them is actually 45 minutes away from where this takes place oh fair enough i was gonna say like it's like you know is this gonna be me watching walking dead a show of, of you know in georgia shot about georgia and it's like starring these british people I'm like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> You wanted some authenticity. You wanted to make sure <laughs> they had Southern, and he does. Yeah. He or James Vanderbeek. You know, this is not my life. Or like, uh, oh God, um, <laughs> True Blood. True, oh, True Blood. What a wonderful show. <laughs> but yes, you've got some actual people from the South. You know, help keep us employed. So, well, now looks like we're gonna have some problems with some Shagas boys. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> that, that, that's the impression I should have met Mercer doing McCree from Overwatch. Damn, <laughs> I didn't hear it like that, but all right. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was a little cowboy, a little Texasy. All right, and I've fallen into the trap that is Cotton. He derails everything. So, oh, back sorry. on the rail. It's okay. It's my job to, to keep it all going. So, time. We can't do face-to-face -face games anymore. Because of social distancing, game stores, local game stores are closing. No restaurants, no bars. Can't go to each other's homes anymore because, heaven forbid, you infect their children. So we're now forced to take our games or find our games online. And Cotton, you've moved your real-life game from real world onto World 20 Discord, I assume. And what has that transition been like for your players? Because... They've only ever done face-to-face -face games, right? Uh, one. One has played Roll20 and played it pretty regularly. So that was not too bad. And and I, and I decided to use Skype. Discord's great for a oh. uh, living world or lots of chatting. I just needed to get the exact same group of people able to hear each other. You know, and that's it. And, I can, and I've never liked the Roll20's native audio stuff. I could never get to work. I don't know if I'm just like Roll20 dumb. I don't know. But uh, I did get everybody into the Skype. The hard part is what I knew it would be. So if I'm talking about this from a perspective of a GM, right? Because mm -hmm. you're not just a DM. That's the judgment. GM is game master. You have to manage the game. That's the people. That's all the all the all the stuff and the meta stuff, right? So I had to get these people to do the thing. Download Skype. You want to use Discord, <laughs> whatever. They have to download the thing. Get an account with the thing. Go to Roll Twenty. Get an account. Here's how it works. Uh, and I would have a setup where you know I want to meet with uh, player A. I need 15 minutes. Okay. Have a Roll20 account. Download Skype. You know, meet me on Skype. We will talk. Make sure that our equipment works. And then get on Roll20. Here is a little token. Can you move it? Can you ping? Can you roll dice using the uh, the format of, of Roll20? You know, the, the very bare bones basic stuff here. You know, and once they did that, again, one, you know, it took 15 minutes. I made sure they had the equipment, they had the software, they had the accounts. They could do five minutes of basic stuff. And the people I could not get with who, who either were too busy or were, you know, they knew everything and didn't need any help. Those were the ones where it was problems. It took an extra half hour. So schedule the extra, the extra half hour to, you know, I can't remember my Skype password and, you know, oh, uh, I've got both microphones on and this, this is, you know, power through all that crap, you know. It is. So you have these people who maybe are new to gaming, period, and now they're forced to 
do this game that they're very new to, but do it in a very new way using a lot of technology. And if you're not really tech savvy, it, it is a little difficult to to try to create those accounts and get signed in and work it because Roll20 is not intuitive. Has it changed the quality of the game? Has it diminished at all? Do you feel they're not having as much fun or is it just a matter of it's going to take a little time for them to find that groove again? There's there's positive and negatives. One, it's a lot more work on me because I'm the, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm, I am very much trying to find the easiest way to get the most enjoyment out of the game. And so I don't, I don't have 5,000 miniatures and, you know, three-dimensional objects. I have a battle mat. I draw out things. I have a few miniatures for the players, and I'll use whatever I need to as as symbols for baddies. And then, you know, it's, so that's, you know, there, there's positioning. You know, I played D&D 5, so positioning matters. But I'm not going nuts with, like, props. Roll 20, it, it was a lot more involved. I just had to, you know, if, if you're a GM and you're going to go to Roll 20 and you were like me, you are going to have to do a lot more of those things because you can't physically point at things easily. You, whatever system you have for keeping track of whelp five from whelp two and their HP and whatnot, you need to learn how to use the initiative order thing. So it's, it's going to be a lot more work on you. As far as the players, I did not want them to get in the weeds. They were, they are, a lot of them are new to D&D. Out of my five players, three of them have either never played or only played back when it was like D&D and there was no numbers. After the letters, and you know, it was just like D and D. So I did not want to have, you know, here's the, you know, two hour video on roll twenty. Please watch it, and that that, that was not going to happen. You know, I wanted to, I wanted them to be able to roll dice, ping the map, move their token, and that be more or less it. You know, so it was it was I found it to be a lot more work on me of having to learn roll twenty, how to put in art, put in maps, put in tokens, uh, track HP, doing all that. As far as player interaction. That changed. Uh, my players will sometimes fall in the habit of like t- of telling me what they want to tell their their uh, their their fellow player. So you know, our barbarian, right, may want to tell the cleric to you know convince the townspeople to you know calm down, you know, chill them out a bit. So I tell the cleric to tell to tell them to calm down. Don't don't look at me. Look at the cleric and say you know, hey Bob, tell these people to calm down. In row twenty, that's a little easier. They can't. Like I, I'm, I'm a lot less visible when I, which is sometimes very good as a GM. You know, I'm not really there. Don't look, don't look at me. Like I actually in real life will hide behind the GM screen so they cannot, you know, get eye contact with me. Look at each other, talk, and that's a little easier online. Hmm. So pros and cons so far to it. I actually myself, most of my games right now all occur online. I, I haven't had a face-to-face game in months. I mean months. So for gaming, as far as RPG gaming, that hasn't changed. As far as other gaming, it has somewhat. I now use Steam, and I'm using Tabletop Simulator, and I'm playing board games and, and things like that with other people since I can't actually you know, have any other kind of interaction. So I've increased the amount of interaction I, I have online to be more social since I don't get any real-world interaction because I'm alone. In, a, in an apartment. So that has kind of increased for me, as well as my Netflix and Hulu binge watching, which is a terrible, terrible thing, and I need to change it. But Anthony, as what about your gaming? Has that changed? We have not played a session of Nazaria since January. Oh, no. Because One of, of my this? players will not play over Discord. 
think we've talked about that in the past on this server, and I thought we all said get rid of that player. He said, <laughs> okay, I'll try and play Discord. Yeah. And then his computer got bricked. Mm. And he's like, well, let me get a new laptop before we play on Discord. And I'm like, okay, bud, you can do that. And now it's one of my players had a death in the family. Well, two of them technically. Mm -hmm. And so I we took a, two, a few weeks off because of that. Mm -hmm. And then this whole COVID stuff hit. And then we all decided, well, let's just do it from home. And we haven't talked in, I think, two weeks now. We talked about, and I even told him, I was like, dude, you got to help me with this stuff or I'm going to have to get rid of you. And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. I got it. And then nothing changes. Mm -hmm. But on the plus side, since I've not had to plan a session for Nazaria every week, I've had time to learn new mechanics. No. Oh. And that's going to affect, you think that'll affect your gameplay when you're back up to playing again? I do think so because I've had time to homebrew new things. I've had time to... Mm -hmm designed more work uh well this isn't anything negative uh amos the player who plays keelan mm -hmm. i started mm -hmm. talking to him and i was like amos i have a little bit for gnomes how do you want keelan's culture to be like and we started working and we have an, a full culture just for gnomes because originally it was gnomes and dwarves had essentially the same culture with different ears mm -hmm. so it's been both positive and negative but i really would like to play again but i can't mm -hmm get one of my players to help me and of course he's he's a very busy guy but i, I have to work on that <laughs> hmm. all right well let's jump into some other things that are are kind of happening in in this quarantine world that we're in we're seeing a lot of companies publishers uh I've read an article where we're seeing especially on drive through rpg we're seeing this Publishers announcing, hey, you can download this game for free. Here's this PDF. You can get it for free because you're quarantined. You, you need something to do. And I think I've seen Catalyst, Game Labs, offering discounts on their books. Paizo is offering discounts. Chaosium is doing some stuff. Do you think that is the companies really trying to help gamers like keep with the industry? to keep up with it or do you think it's more of a this is a captive audience we don't have to compete with spring and summer people going out and doing other things they're stuck at home we can give them this to do so let's capitalize on it what do you guys think it could most likely be a bit of both i don't know i've never uh can't figure out a good way to phrase this a lot of the time when people are like oh yeah let's just give out the free stuff because of the quarantine, it kind of seems like this is stuff that you would get for free to begin with. Because mm -hmm. like the Dungeon Masters Guild has a ton of free 5th edition stuff. And it's some of the stuff that they're giving away for free, like uh, Wizards of the Coast is. It's, oh yeah, this is uh, <clears throat> kind of nice, I guess. Uh, cool. And a few of the stuff that's on sale, it's like, wouldn't this usually be on sale for like spring sales or something? Hmm. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, actually. I, I think that it's, it's a combination. Again, this is mm -hmm. armchair speculation as as the not Absolutely. CEO of a publishing company. Any sale that you would normally have for whatever reason you would have it, now it's, you know, because we care. Like that's the first – and the minute corporations start telling me they care about me, I'm suspicious. I am a Shadowrun <laughs> player, right? You're a Shadowrun so, By trade. So I was like, yeah, we, we're there for you. We've been here for 75 years. Hey, okay, okay, buddy. And so th there is there's also the captive audience aspect of it. I don't think that 
I mean, tabletop RPGs are not the kind of thing that like a person who's not into them is just going to randomly pick up because of a quarantine. Like, oh my god, I'm mm-hmm. so bored. Normally, I'm out there doing all the sports ball. What is this? Pathfinder 2? I've heard such a good thing. Like, you're not going to... But If I ever meet someone who's like, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Pathfinder, and then, like, I found this thing called uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Like, we know what Pathfinder is. Pathfinder is for Dungeons and Dragons, but you, like, really care. You know? Like, it's... Or that's my understanding of it. You know, it was the 3.5 offshoot of hardcore numbers, and... So I think it's a normal sale thing. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking they could be hurting economically because everything's hurting economically, so you may as well try to... You know, you know PDFs don't cost more to print, you know, they don't charge by the electron, so you do what you can to make whatever money you can. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the same dynamic as Netflix. Like, Netflix had a real opportunity, and they've, you know, unsurprisingly, their, you know, subscriptions have exploded because people mm-hmm. got nowhere else to go. They, yeah, like I said, you, you've got a captive audience who needs something to do, but we're also seeing video games, deals on video games, Humble, uh, Humble Bumble, Steam, offering things that are actually, like, packaged as the humble bumble conquer covid 19 bundle the humble conquer covid 19 bundle yeah like you, yeah. i mean just <laughs> flat out saying it she sells seashells by the seashore yeah <laughs> I, I was gonna let the bumble humble go and then, I, then it humble, got more complicated <laughs> humble conquer covid 19 bundle the humble cumberbatch benedictine is like uh benedict cumberbatch i've started day drinking because i have to drink when i record apparently and it's four o'clock. So, but so we're seeing video game companies as well releasing deals and and really pushing. Hey, this is the time since you're stuck at home. This is the time to try this new game. If you like this one, try this one. Or, you know, we're gonna release the game early because you guys are all stuck at home. We're doing this for you. We want to help combat boredom. That's like, is that really? Is that good for us? Or is it really just the gaming world trying to? capitalize and or survive because as we've already seen conventions are are canceling origins gone postponed to october indie had a comic-con in april gone gen con it hasn't been made official but i'm hearing it's leaning toward canceling or postponing but most likely just a cancel Oh really? You've heard those oh, are huge money makers. These can these conventions are huge money maker industry as a whole. If they're gone now, it's what do we do to keep gaming alive? Will it live? Oh oh, I think I think D and D and Pathfinder and various other ones will be fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, their books they'll be around. Those the companies. Will, but what about what about the little publisher that does its big release at Gen Con and now it's gone? Like these small publishers, the small indie game publishers are going to hurt. The big ones aren't going to really feel it much. But we're talking the small ones that don't really have a huge online presence or the power or the money to do that. They really rely on the conferences, the conventions, the origins, the Gen Cons to to push their games. And now they don't have that avenue. So the gaming industry is going to hurt. It's All industries across the board are going to feel this. But the gaming industry is, is also affected. Right. uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. One of my buddies, who may or may not be a player in our game, was not going to Gen Con. He was going to another convention, and it got delayed until September. And I was just kind of talking, thinking out loud, and I was like, hmm, probably should get some stickers to give out at Gen Con. This was like a month ago. And he just goes, dude, you probably shouldn't waste your money. It's definitely going to get canceled. And I don't know why, but that just 
hit with me. And I just turn and go, hey, buddy, eat shit. And, and then just go back to designing. Because a lot of our sub base came from Gen Con. Like, mm-hmm. a fair 90% of it came from Gen Con. For your, for your, um, your, the game that you run, the Nazaria? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, uh, I, I have not considered that. I think you've, that's actually a kind of an excellent point. You guys are going to hurt, and a lot of people will. And as, as Jupe said, man, I mean, that's going to be, a lot of the smaller people may not be able to weather it. I mean, the big boys are going to be able to sell PDFs. I think they're all going to hurt because, you know, I mean, often, I'm not, you know, I, I fall to the, the evil temptations of impulse buying. Like I have a game next week, and, you know, there's this toy. It'd be nice to have the toy. And I don't, you know, I try not to do it because I'm I'm lazy, but <laughs> but that happens. People go out and they go to Gen Con, and that threshold for buying crap definitely lowers. I know I bought stuff at Gen Con. I probably would not have bought otherwise, you know. Mm-hmm. And some of it I'm happy about, some of it I wasn't. But that's a lot of money that's just not going to go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, and it really sucks for the people who were, you know, at the be- beginning of the year had like a plan, and so they began ramping up the plan. To finish up what they were doing, start marketing, building the hype, and then you know the plan is hit Origins or Gen Con with a little bit of stride, you know, and now that like there's that just gets cut out from under you. It's like all the movies that were trying to be released at this mm-hmm. point of the year, they're just they're just toast, you know. Oh yeah, like I wasn't really that upset that Gen Con's getting canceled because oh. if I got a uh, you know refund, it would suck. It would really suck, but I could use the hundred and thirty dollars. It's mostly just the, you should probably stop doing that because it's going to get canceled. You know, just, I don't know, buddy, eat shit. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I know it's going to happen, but I don't like you telling yeah. me that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm holding yeah. out for no. It's in, it's in late July. I mean, you know, hopefully by that late point. July. Yeah. But event registration begins next month. And I think they'll make that decision and announcement before they open event registration. And as far as refunds, JetCon has historically been a, we don't refund your money, we keep it as a credit. You have to have a very special, special circumstance in order for them to actually give you your money back. Will that change this well, year? Well, global though? pandemic is actually, a... I know, I know, but will, will, is that reason enough? Will they change it and actually refund actual money back, or are they going to which I think they should probably just split the difference. If if most people plan on coming next year, just give me the credit. I'll just use it again next year. I'm prepaid. Most people probably will want it back, though. I think they'd have to cough it up. Because if you have an excellent mm-hmm. reason, but you're one person, they don't give a shit about you. Not necessarily. I don't want to besmirch the honor of Gen Con's people. But, I mean, they don't have to. Like You can be pissed off, and you're one person, and you can go on a forum and rant. But if you've got, like, the entire base... And they're united on the internet, pissed off at you. That is just not going to be worth it. You might as well just put up a thing where it's like, look, we'll give you your money back, or use it as a credit, and we'll give you like two, like twenty free Gen Con bucks in events. Let us keep this money, so you know, and and help support gaming. I think most people, like you're saying, would would choose to do so mm-hmm. if their stance was get bent or keeping it LOL. All, uh, you know, that <laughs> I mean, would be a lot PR, of heat. I hope the press release doesn't say that. Get bent, LOL. <laughs> um, <laughs> As Psychotron uh, points out, he's listening right now. He's a, a patron, so he is in here listening to our live recording. But he says that they, they really should offer refunds because he feels it would be just a terrible PR disaster if if they didn't. So, But, I mean, you never know. Policy's policy. Who knows? 
And class actions are class actions. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am disappointed. I know as a resident of uh, Indianapolis that Gen Con brings in over $70 million to the city in that four days. That is a huge financial hit to this city, who's already taken multiple financial hits. It's had to postpone Indy 500. It's canceled. It had the the college uh, basketball tournament canceled in March. It's had multiple other large national conferences, the fire department conference here canceled. So this is a, you know, and I'm sure this is not just Indianapolis, multiple major cities around this country are hurting financially. But now that you add these gaming conferences that are having to cancel, it's it's hitting the cities, it's hitting the gaming industry, it's hitting the, the indie people, the, the, the indie game companies, it's, it's doing a lot. So what can gamers do to help stem it a bit. I mean, you know, the industry is going to hemorrhage money regardless, but what, what, what do you, what are some ideas that you think people can do to help? Is it to purposely go out and, and find those smaller ones? Is it to get out there and, or, and actually buy PDFs and books and not pirate? Because I know many of us pirate. I know, I know it's the unspoken thing, but do we stop, do it and start supporting the industry that we love when it's hurting. I actually bought the physical copy of a book on drive through RPG that I already had the free PDF for mm-hmm. because I figured it would help them. Well, actually the creepypasta RPG. I just, I loved creepypastas growing up. So it, you know, something I love, mm-hmm. but, and this one called stars without number, it hadn't even got here yet, but I've heard it's very good, mm-hmm. but I, I believe we should, um, Look out for the little guys. Maybe if you're in a fifth edition group, see if your group wants to mix it up a little bit. Try something new, you know, and buy something on drive through RPG that interests you. Mm-hmm. Cotton? Okay, so uh, is anyone familiar who's listening to this now with the 90s or 2000s rapper ODB? It's very important because he was once asked, uh, now that you've, uh, you know, ha- had some success, uh, how, how do you, in- you know, what do you intend to do as far as your community? How will you give back to those uh, who are in the places you've come from? He went, nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Nope. <laughs> Is this the philosophy that you're going to follow? <laughs> you know what? You know what? Yeah. No, I mean, you shouldn't power stuff. You should buy stuff. I mean, I've bought, I- I've bought like the player's handbook in fifth edition. So therefore, I'm totally in, right? I've done my bit. I thought about buying the Pathfinder one. Uh, and so there's some things I would buy. I would say there's 11 billion splat books out there, and I may or may not be aware of certain PDFs that may or may not be in certain parts of my hard drive that may or may not list <laughs> copyright protected content. I wish I had a particularly great answer for that, you know. But I, I did. I don't want to sit here and be a hypocrite and be like, you know, yes, we should support our local gaming community. You know, meanwhile, my 4,000 PDFs will be chilling in <laughs> O and ones in my in my hard drive. So I, I think you should probably. I do think you should support companies you you would like to see keep around and keep innovating. I have purchased many legit things. I only in my own personal game I only play straight vanilla's player's handbook because of the relative newness of my players. And then I want to bring out eighteen different books with, you know, forty eight different expansions. Um, I would I would probably say, generally speaking, my own morality and people can decide what they want to do is try it and then if you really like it, buy it. You know, if you if you have some PDF that you think is really cool and it's pirated all to hell, but you're like, like this is really great, and you have the opportunity to do so, and you have the the means to do so, chip in, pay for that, and have access to it in in, in real form, and you know, 
you know, give a little, give a little back, you know. Yeah. Try to I try, I try to make the answer a little better so don't you know burn in hell for all of time, you know. So. <laughs> It is hard, like, you know, like, like I said, these, these small publishers don't have maybe a large online present or presence or don't really know how to, to get the word out, especially now that, you know, Origins, Origins or Gen Con was going to be where they promote it. So how do we find them? Um, and I think, you know, how many people are going to actively start looking and, you know, what, what do we do? So I would be interested to see what happens as we progress forward. We do see some conferences, virtual gaming conference conferences. Will that grow? Will we start to see more of those by the end of the year? Because, you know, I'm hearing that we're writing this out the rest of the year. This is it. This is life as we know it now. So will we start to see virtual conferences rise? You pay... $25, you get access to seminars or online games that are being held virtually, and it's, they, they call it, you know, a virtual conference. So is that something you guys think you would be take part in, a virtual conference? It's not the same. It doesn't have the same feeling as a Gen Con of going to a Gen Con, that atmosphere, but it's something, which is better than nothing. This is how the Matrix started. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh my god! That's the or that's the origin of the Shadowrun Matrix. Microsoft Teams. <laughs> Shit, they got us. Microsoft <laughs> has teamed up with Gen Con to completely get rid of your social, <laughs> your social skills. You think you're, you're just gonna wake up one day and be like, oh my god, we invented Skynet. Shit, I like, like <laughs> do not invent Skynet today. Do not invent Skynet today. Do not invent Skynet. Oh shit, I invented Skynet. But what about I mean, it? Google's you... tagline was "Don't be evil" up until a little while ago. So, uh... <laughs> I, I don't think I would go to one. I, I, I think that's very overrated. I hate to be the downer on. I'd better be downer today. Don't buy shit. Don't go. To the... <laughs> Stay at home, hunker down, and let the world burn. Um... Hunker down, let the world burn. <laughs> you wouldn't take part in a virtual conference. Um, I mean, I, I might. Points with out a... ZoeCon. Uh, Z O E Con is actually going on right now, which. April 25th. So you wouldn't take part in one of these. I mean, if I had absolutely nothing to do, it's kind of like going to see a Transformers movie. Like, it's not you know, like you have anything I, to do. You're stuck at right. home. You can't do that, anything. I, I don't think it will. Like, at Gen Con, so here's already physical con. Okay. If you have a Microsoft team meeting, there are going to be people who talk, people who don't. And it's very limited in interaction. If I go to one of these, a real life thing, I can meet someone who I just happen to sit next to. That level of randomization is not there. I can whisper a funny joke, and if they like to cut of my jib, we can hang out, get a burger. And there was a lot of that. That's that's what. And, and there's also that human feeling of purchasing things. You're walking down the halls. There's thousands of people. People are talking about games. Uh, there, and and yet the hype builds up. It's like, yeah, I like to watch football, but nothing beats going to the game, which is why people go to the game to be with that crowd and that energy of other people there. It's why you pay $7 for a beer. It's why you buy games that you could probably buy on Amazon for cheaper, but you buy it right there because you're there in the moment. And you want to play it right now, and everything's loud, and it's fun, and it's awesome, and it's great, and there's all these people. And like that, there's that. It's You don't get that with a team meeting where you can't easily meet people, have one-on-one -on -one chats, go around the corner, 
uh, in a quiet spot and have a conversation for a minute, see if you like each other and want to hang out and make, make that connection. I made tons of connections to Gen Con because I knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. And all of my favorite interactions at Gen Con, it, it was not playing the Shadow, the, like the two Shadowrun games I, I signed up for. I enjoyed that. But it was all the connections of people that I met and the fun impromptu games. You know, I had more fun playing a random secret Hitler game in the hotel lobby than, you know, I, I would have ever anticipated. You know, that that is what I think you miss out on. That energy, that spontaneity, the level of connections, the hanging out outside of whatever venue you're at. Yeah, you want to go see this panel on whatever you love, but you also want to be able to go get a burger and chill and talk some, you know, shoot the shit with some people. That, I think, is invaluable. And I don't see how that's replicated with a virtual platform. I agree with him on that because probably one of my fondest memories from my first Gen Con is me and one of my buddies, let's call him Ghost, went and got that Strangest Thing burger. He only got one. We took it back to the Airbnb, cut it up into pieces, and everybody tried to bite. And whoever died of diabetic shock first lost. See? Gaming. It's like Russian roulette with uh, fat people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. I think I would try it. I think I would just see what it's about and just see if, if, you know, it can be, it, it's better than, like I said, better than nothing. I think I would give it a go. I don't think I would enjoy it as much as going to Gen Con in the real world because I'm like you, Cotton. I enjoy meeting the people. I enjoy sitting at a random table and talking to somebody and hearing about their experiences and what they're into and you know, what's going on? What games are they playing? I, I smoked a cigar because you wanted me to. Do you realize how insane that is? I don't smoke. <laughs> and you loved it. You had a good time. <laughs> I had a great time. I couldn't stand that cigar. <laughs> but I didn't want to be the only, like, you know, I don't want to look like the, like, who's the Mormon over here with a... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, peer pressure. Love it. Cotton apologizes to all Mormons who may have been offended in this podcast. <laughs> Please send your emails to... Without a net podcast <laughs> the, at gmail.com. The, the email as set up by our other guest <laughs> at eat shit at jupiter.com. <laughs> wow. Um. Okay, so for damage control, we're going to have to introduce <laughs> Edit a, uh, Mormon Ventry into the game. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not, I, I'm. I almost said, like, I love the Mormons. I almost like with full, like, Donald Trump. Like, you know, they, the Mormons love me. Mormons <laughs> love you. So you guys just wouldn't do it, but I, I, I would give it a go. I would see, I would see what would happen. I've, I've, you know, especially since I'm, I'm stuck here anyway. Can't, can't hurt. But big downer for me is I hate like huge Discord servers. Mm -hmm. I, I've joined a couple of um like big YouTuber Discord servers, and you cannot get a word in edgewise about anything. At least when you first, you know, join up in, because I tried to start conversations with people. And then they would just have their own conversations bouncing off of it. And everything I said would just be pushed away. So I'd be like, ah, screw this. Lost in the void. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's something yeah. I'm running into. I'm actually in one or two like large Discord servers and the people I like, but it, mm -hmm. it, uh, it is so chaotic. Mm 
and there are 11 billion notifications, and I cannot keep up with them. And there's a meta sort of like the, the like there's always in the, I don't get any of the jokes because I wasn't there, and I don't have the, mm-hmm. the time and energy to monitor it. And so yeah, like, like the bigger an online community is, I just think it's much more difficult for that. Oh, maybe intimacy is the word I'm looking for. You know, because you think Gen Con, you don't necessarily think intimate. You know, giant warehouse <laughs> full of nerds, but it it it, it, it spawns you know cool one on one and small group interactions, which I thrive in. Mm-hmm. So, so we are turning more to online discords, uh, you know, just trying to find other groups to kind of Facebook groups or anything like that, just to try to f- connect with people since we can't do it in the real world anymore. So what happens when you find um, you're kind of in this large server or something and you're just lost in the void? I mean, you're, you're, you're not making any connections and well, you need to. So what? Is it go find another small server? Is it just keep trying harder? You can just start a bunch of shit and split it right down the middle and make your own empire. That's what I would do. That's, <laughs> you know, there's too many people in this Discord. Start some shit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> what were you going to say? Um, one of the big things is one of the big servers, I think it had 8,000 people online at the time I joined. Oh. And I just type in general, does anybody here like D&D 5th Edition? And one of the admins DM me, and he's like, "Dude, you can't talk about that stuff in general. You have to go to the gaming, oh, the gaming sep- section, and then go to the D and D fifth edition uh-huh. section, and then mm-hmm. go to ge- the general for that." And I'm like, "Okay, fine, whatever." And I go to click on it, and I have to go through this bot and get permission from him to join the servers. And I was like, "Okay, fuck that. I'm out. I, I couldn't do it." I love the I love the channel police. Don't post that here. Post it here. Like when somebody does that, I see it and I go, "Eh." It was a one-off, not a big deal. They keep doing it, and it is a... What, what, what if they're a cast member of the podcast? Are they allowed to... <laughs> to I'm just asking I for mean, a friend. Can you a, just talk about a, random shit in literally any channel? <laughs> there's a gentler way of getting somebody to go to the right channel, and it's pinging them from that channel and answering the question. That's all they had to do. They didn't have to do anything else. Just ping you in that channel and go, hey, yeah, I do like D&D 5th edition. And and answer the question. That's it. It would draw your attention to the right channel, and you would know that's where the conversation is. Some people don't do that because online etiquette is something people need to learn. Yeah, I think I, I don't understand how it worked, and I got confused by channels on Discord. Like, I didn't use Discord, okay? <laughs> Before we did a podcast together, and like I would I would say something, whatever channel I happened to be in at that minute, because I'd forget, and then there'd be. <laughs> Uh, a message from maybe you doing that trick. You would go to the appropriate channel, mm-hmm. and you would say the answer mm-hmm. is is B. And then I would just be back in the original channel, going, "I appreciate it, thanks." But like <laughs> now, it's even worse. Now we're having like a multi-channel conversation. But that's because I'm stupid. So please don't let anyone else do that. Follow, do do what you're supposed to do, people. And you know, <laughs> GI Joe. But we're all learning now, though. Though people who have not been online and are now forced to play online are now learning online etiquette and how it works and what we do and you know how 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 do you maneuver socially through that medium and then when this is all over are those people going to go I'm just going to abandon this all I'm going to go back to my real world situation or do you think they're going to stay you think they're going to go you know what I like it I'm here now this is my new norm it's easier it's convenient I've spent all this time learning it. I don't want to drive to Chuck's house. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna continue to play online. Like 
Cotton, will your group go back to face-to-face -to -face gaming or will they just continue online? I think some like it more. I, um, mm -hmm. One of my players who plays Roll20, I think he just likes D&D. So I'm not sure which one he prefers. I've got one or two. They've got kids and it's a little easier to be at your own house and, uh, and whatnot. So I think a few of them are, are reticent. I think one or two are kind of like me. They want to play it in real life. And I like having both experiences. I like, uh, you know, I, I like playing in real life, but there's so much convenience to be had. I think that you actually raised a really interesting point. I was kind of thinking about that. You, Because a lot of people are not going to want to do it unless they're forced to. So now you, you take thousands of gamers and you make them go to Roll20 because their GM threatened to poke them with a stick if they didn't. You know, or, or you don't get to play D&D &D today. So they get online. They go through the pain in the ass. They log in. And then maybe out of the maybe 1% are like, man, I, really, I did not think I'd like this, but I should like this even more. Or this opens up so many more games to me. You know, yeah, I'm local and I like playing this game in real life. But now that I have kind of got over the hump as a player, I can go find even more games or even or, or different games with much smaller fan bases. I think it's a, a great thing in general for you know rural people like me. I'm in Mississippi. But I think I think that's a good point. I think it's, there's a chance that a lot of gamers, you know, a slice of the ones who are kind of like compelled to go online may end up wanting to stay there. It's been a significant amount of their time playing, uh, you know, virtually. I hope I can convince my players to just do it weekly online. But I do believe that there's something missing from the equation when you're playing online. I like making my characters with pen and paper like prefer doing that than using like D&D Beyond or anything like that. And it is absolutely amazing when your character or when your character when your player does something incredibly stupid that you can just look up cock an eyebrow and click a pen and they'll start screaming, "Oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, what did I do?" And you don't even have to say a damn thing. Yeah. I much much rather play in a face-to-face -face game. I think there's more layers to the interaction between the players in a face-to-face -face game. The body language, the facial expressions, the 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 ritual of, you know, Mountain Dew and Doritos as you play. The the whole the whole experience to me feels more like gaming. I don't get that when I play online. I feel limited. I feel kind of blindfolded because I can't see what's going on with them. I can only hear them and I and they mute themselves. I really can't hear what's going on and I don't get to see their body language or or how they're really feeling about things. So there's a lot more checking in I have to do. So it seems a lot more burdensome and work heavy when I play online. It feels like work. Whether yeah. I'm a player or a GM, it feels like work, not fun and I, I mean we're talking like a 60 40 split on that work fun i love playing online it's the way i've been playing for years now that's just the way it is but you're, you're an indie i mean i, I you know current circumstances indie. notwithstanding I, i'm in i'm in natchez mississippi you know uh -huh. we have you know like when the new deal happened they didn't pass out dnd fifth edition so like what did you know so like generally speaking do you are are you involved in the local game scene is that something you're looking to get back to do you have contacts in that in that area I am part of a server a very large server that is the Shadowrun Indie server and there are many people in the indie area who play Shadowrun and I actually got involved in a face-to-face -face Blades in the Dark game through it 
but it fizzled out due to issues with the GM and scheduling and he's going to college and all that. And so it fizzled out and then it tried to have a resurgence and then this all happened and and I'm just, I haven't been in a face-to-face -face game. My face-to-face -face group that I had for, I mean, since 2011 and we kind of disbanded in 2017, 2018. That was my face-to-face -face group. I had them for years, and I, I'll never get a group like that again that worked well. We did have issues once in a while, but it worked well. I, I, don't say that. That's I, I got to take an issue. It'll never happen again. Like It's like a scarlet from the end of Gone with the Wind. I will never have this table again. <laughs> no, I won't have that kind of group again because I'm not close as I was to the people in that game. I don't have anybody in real life that I'm that close to that I'll have that kind of game again. Those people are all online. Those okay. are my online people. I have that experience now with them. The Without a Net podcast, that group, Bamps, Oz, Tom, all of them are the people I game with now. They're the ones I like gaming with. RC left me after he betrayed me. So I knew there was included in that. <laughs> Thank you, Oz, for pointing that out. But that's <laughs> that's my group right now. Is is it's online now? If I could bring them all to indie, because I'm not going to move. If I could bring them all to indie and have a face to face game, I would. But that's just not going to happen. So I'll never have that kind of a face to face game again. <sighs> Man, especially I, I, after this, because I really feel the new norm is I'm just going to play online. Because it's way more convenient. And now that people who were hesitant to play online are being forced to play online if they want to play, are now going, oh, it's not as scary or as awful as I thought. I'm not going to go back to the other way. But you just like, <laughs> I like how you finish up with that. But the whole first thing was like, I'm missing something. It's 60% work. Absolutely. Like, but it it's is. the future, though. It's going to be the new norm. Absolutely. But I, the first part was my personal experience. The second part is, in general, as a gaming society, I think people are going to stay with the online. I personally am a very social creature. I love the interaction with people. I can only get it now online. I can't see anybody. I, can't, I, I can only talk to them, but I want to see people. Do you, do you think that virtual tabletop really competes with real world it, current situation that's a whole other episode that i'm gonna talk about oh so i i've jacked the game up i jacked the game i, I skipped forward i was thinking like isn't jupiter supposed to be the one giving the interview damn but damn bud. oh i'm sorry i thought that was wow. i thought i thought, I thought okay. there was a round <laughs> table i thought i was like the guest on the show <laughs> you know it's a conversation i didn't know you were um, like inside the actor's studio and there's a stack of five by 11s and you just <laughs> any other thoughts about this because i really think to me i think that this is going to create a new norm for the gaming world as far as increasing online gaming i i see a lot of local game stores are going to be hit too hard and probably fail and there's nothing we can do to help them with that because they're closed because they have to be unless they have an online presence or a drive-through window, like some stores in Kentucky are lucky enough to have. But we're going to see they're going to be financially impacted. They're, we're going to see a big shift in the gaming industry. It's it's hurting like many other industries. And I'm not quite sure, you know, if it's really going to rebound. But even if it does, it's still going to look slightly different. 
I think it'll be okay. I'm not that negative. I think it'll mm. I think it'll bounce back. I really do because gaming is the kind of thing people are passionate about, and it's also largely patroned by people who have disposable income. And those two things combined uh, will keep anything alive. <laughs> like you know, STEM heavy nerds and whatnot. I mean, I'm making a joke, but um, I I think it'll come back. I do. I think people want to play, and mm. they want to play in real life, and they want to play. And the, the the virtual aspect of things may very much open up a new avenue to people. I, st- I think it's both. I think people like playing online. I think there's a lot of benefits to that. I think people like playing in real life. And I, I don't see that going away in any real permanent way. It's gonna. It could suck. The creativity. There might be like a brain drain away from it because it's a passion project. And if the economy gets crushed, people may go into more safe industries than, you know, trying to sell a game to a bunch of people on the internet. But I, I feel like, it, I don't know, I, I don't think it will be truly laid low. You know, I'm a little bit more optimistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anthony, what do you think? I kind of have a personal connection with this because we have a comic book shop nearby that sells like dice and everything that used Mm -hmm. to be a liquor store. So now it's got a drive through so you can get your stuff from that. But the place where me and my friends used to go and play the uh, our actual game store closed down about a week into February, just permanently, you know, not Mm. quarantine, just completely permanently closed down. Mm hmm. So a part of me is like, you know, well, it it closed before things even got serious. So I don't really have one anymore. I I feel bad for some of the, you know, smaller businesses, but I I can't say that my local game store is going to go out of business because I think it already has. Also, I want to make sure since we were talking about those indie game developers or people that had games that were going to come out at Gen Con, we do have one of those people in the without a net server, Opti, which if you know Opti, he's on the Shadowcasters network. He was uh, involved in a lot of Shadowrun podcasts. He was one of the founders of the Shadowcasters network. He was going to have a game that he was going to be promoting at Gen Con. He was going to have a booth and everything for this game. And if Gen Con ends up not happening, then that really, this this is going to greatly affect him. He's been working for a long time over a year on this game. So if you guys, anybody listening, would like to support Opti, if if Gen Con gets canceled, kind of reach out to Opti and say, hey, you know, I I really want to support what you're doing. I want to know more about Gangs of the Undercity. That's the name of the game. Want to know more. And if he's selling it or a Kickstarter or something, reach out to him and ask, how can you still support him even if Gen Con isn't happening? Because... This is what I mean when I say it's going to affect the game industry negatively, and it's going to affect those little game publishers, the littler people, not the Paizos, not the D&Ds. It's going to affect the indie publishers who are not going to be able to promote their games this year due to the quarantine. So as a as an industry and as supporters of that industry, let's do what we can and, and let's help one of our own, somebody who has given to our community in in many ways, let's kind of give back to Opti. You can find him on Shadowcasters Network. You can find him in the Without a Net server. And again, it's Gangs of the Undercity. And just reach out and say, I want to know more. How can I support this game? How can I support you? And let's see if, you know, even if Gen Con doesn't happen, let's see if we can still get his game out there. And I have asked our our listeners to see if they had any thoughts and I'm seeing that Psychotron agrees that the online will continue to grow, but he thinks 
much like Cotton does, that face-to-face games, that people will still kind of seek back for that. And he also, Psychotron also wants me to remind you that Opti is currently looking for playtesters. So again, you can reach out about that as well if you'd like to be a playtester. Oz, who's listening, and we all know Oz as Philip on the Call of Cthulhu series and as our sound editor for Without a Net, Shadowrun, Saga, and for Call of Cthulhu. He says, we'll, we'll lose publishers, but the games will remain. Which, no, the gaming industry is not going to be killed off. Obviously not. As Cotton mentions, they have disposable incomes and and they're they're rich white guys, so the gaming industry is going to be okay. And you know, oddly enough, Cotton, I'll have to have you talk uh, back on to talk about that because that is a huge debate that people will argue with me about. It is not rich white guys at all. Yes, and defending that idea will be me with this accent. Nope, not get me today. <laughs> Smoke bomb or <laughs> cotton out. <laughs> goodness any final thoughts about this what are you what are you gonna do if if this let's just say the quarantine continues and we are here back april 25th 2021 and we've still we've been quarantined the whole time what do you guys think lord yeah what do you guys think do you think you'll change your opinions about this stuff or or do you think i will be curled up in a corner Going... Yeah, my, my, my biggest concern will not be, <laughs> will not be <laughs> online gaming. It will be the imminent like collapse you. of the world economy. <laughs> like, to the extent that, that <laughs> that's not within the confines of the show, I don't know. I mean, maybe if we're in, in this horrendous sci fi world of you know the disease that will not leave us, I mean, yeah, we would have to figure out other ways to, to, to do the best facsimile of human contact, you know? Yeah. If we're quarantined for a year, then I'm definitely kicking that player out of the game if he won't play on Discord. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, bro, this is like, bro. it's been like 11 months, man. I mean, I feel like I've given you an ample opportunity. I think you should go eat shit. I think you should go eat it. <laughs> you have to embrace the new world order. So uh, I, I've, the company I work for, one of the um, co-founders of it is a, a medical doctor, oddly enough. And he's actually told us that we could be in this for a year or more because of the way this particular strain is, is progressing and, and how it reacts and moves and and does its thing in the fact that we don't have any vaccines and we're still working on it. And that takes time to do that and make those and test them and get them out. And yeah, it is not it is not unfathomable to think that we could be in this for the next 18 months. In which case, a game where you buy one book one time and can play forever might not be a bad investment. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> there you go. No need to pirate people. Spend the money now. Help your economy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, I hope he's wrong. He's a smart man, and, and I'm sure he's not right 100% of the time. So let's hope something happens and that we, um, at the very least, maybe we get a, a bit of a reprieve in the summer months and maybe go back into quarantine for the winter months. But we'll see what happens. Any final thoughts before I sign off? I've depressed you enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to have an existential crisis for a bit, <laughs> you know, and just cry silently <laughs> as I listen to like, uh, you know. In larger gaming tables, make sure you have six feet between all your players. Hey, problem solved. Y'all, y'all meet up like you come from, 
you, you get like a warehouse. Okay, and everybody comes in from like the north, south, east, and west door, and they get at a giant table, and then they leave the same way they came in. I mean, it's a perfect thing. The hazmat gamer suit. Hey, can you toss me some pizza, or can you hand me a slice of pizza? <laughs> no, I fucking can't. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to end on a downer. So, Cotton, bring us back up. Bring us back. I don't know. I'm about to go listen to some Tracy Chapman and cry. My, <laughs> got me down. <laughs> but, um, uh, I, I think we'll, we know. I don't know. We're optimistic people. I'm sure it'll all work out. That's worked out for me so far. Uh, a complete nonchalance. And I haven't died yet. So I suggested how. I mean, yeah, we're we're a resilient people. I think I think we'll be fine, even if this is the new norm for a year or more. Even if. Uh, hey, oh, I last thing. I have a high note. I do have a high note. This is an opportunity oh, okay. to contact people who are your friends and get them into gaming in the first place. So you have a bunch of you have a bunch of contacts who, you know, they have they can't go to the thing they like to do. Give them a call. They say, look, you have nothing to do. Stay in contact. You can have a little social, uh, you know, contact with another human being first of all, which is good for both of you. But hey, you're not doing anything. Meet me on Roll Twenty. You may get someone to go play D&D who would never have played in real life because they thought it was, you know, they had whatever preconceived notions or they had whatever activity they would normally be doing. And now might be an opportunity to get the hooks in to those people. And you may be able to introduce people to a fun hobby. So I should try that with my coworkers. See if they want to see if they want to give it a go. My job actually does virtual happy hour. I've actually done a, a little research myself <laughs> on like how to teach people the game. In the, like, like like tips and tricks to do that because I would like to be able to do that as I have, you know, played these role playing games and I'm I'm GMing one and it's like okay how do I go to this next how do I bring in someone cold you know who who has no clue what this is and only preconceived notions of either this is the nerdiest thing imaginable or I read a Jack Chick tract on it once and it was really bad and everybody went to hell so like how do I get these people <laughs> in that is this may be the opportunity to test that out you have a whole bunch of people with, who cannot go do the first 10 things they'd like to go do, give it a shot. Yeah, there you go. Support the gaming industry by making new gamers. Well, thank you guys for uh, joining me. I really, really appreciate it. I had a good time. I thought the two of you would be fun to talk to, and you proved me right once again. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Or me. Or me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to presume. Maybe he didn't like the experience. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. I am insulted and disgusted and also insulted. <laughs>